Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Boston is Scott Garland. Scott is an expert in sanctions, cyber fraud, and ethics and compliance monitoring. And today we're going to be talking about advice. Uh, first, Scott, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. And thanks for writing an article on the subject for Compliance and Ethics Professional Magazine. Thank you, and thank you to them for publishing it, and thank you to you for having an interest in furthering the conversation. Well, I very much did because it's an interesting topic. Um, you know, as you know, there's an old observation that advice is easy to give and it's hard to take. You recently pointed out, though, that advice may not be as easy to give as it seems. Uh, what are some of the common mistakes compliance teams make you found when giving advice? Well, I'm going to speak a lot on, on the basis of the experience that I had as a compliance professional giving advice. Um, and what I found um, is that the first mistake is I always wanted to, and I think we usually want to demonstrate competence by having a quick and ready answer. When in fact, once the person who comes to you for advice uh, does so, you're the newest person to the problem. So having a quick and ready answer probably isn't the right thing to do, uh, unless it's a really, really easy problem. So I think that a way to get around that is to, number one, recognize that you're there to deal not just with the question, but with the situation. And so what you need to be willing to do is to ask people to slow down, help you understand the situation, and have the humility to do that. One problem that, that I found is that in the first telling of the facts to you, you don't necessarily really understand the facts and the context right. And if you don't have the facts and the context right, it can be difficult to figure out what the rules are, what the risk tolerance is for the, the particular situation uh, and the risks that are presented by them. So since your advice has to be based on the details and the devil is in the details, slowing down is the biggest and most important thing, both for you and the person seeking the advice. I also found that, that a difficulty I would have at times was if I didn't start challenging assumptions, and first what I had to do was to identify what assumptions the advice seeker was coming to me with. You know, a really good example would be that somebody would come to you and say, I want to do this, um, but so-and-so in another department won't let me do that. And at first blush, you might just be tempted to say, okay, well, let's figure out how to, how to deal with that situation. But I would actually step back and say, well, wait a minute, how do we know that so-and-so won't let you do that? Uh, and the answer would often be, well, I just think that that's the way they're going to approach it, or that's how they've dealt with other situations in the past. And I found that sometimes what you really need to do is to challenge those assumptions about um, assumed facts and really make sure that you got down to the heart of what was true and what was assumed because assumptions are often useful, but sometimes they're not. And they're not useful when they're, they're wrong. Um, and in a tough situation, it's easy to start making these sort of assumptions that aren't based on fact. And once you challenge those assumptions, you might realize that the situation that you're giving advice about could be quite different. Um, the next thing that I found was that I was giving better advice when I focused less on what the employee wanted to do. That is when they came to me and said, can I do X or can I do Y? 
and more on what they wanted to accomplish. And so what I did and started asking was, well, why do you want to do that? What is it you're trying to accomplish? What's the best outcome in this situation for you? Or what are some acceptable outcomes if you don't get to do this? And that would allow me to give a bunch of um, alternative solutions, one of which might be much better than what either of us had expected in the beginning. And then the last two things are giving somebody a treatise on cooking rather than a recipe. That is, talking to them in lengthy, lengthy detail about all the rules and the history of the rules and all the many, many exceptions that might or might not apply, rather than just saying at the very end, look, I've set up, given you a lot of details and I've given you a lot of um, rules to think about and considerations, but let's talk about the five steps that you need to take in this situation. And then the final thing is not making things bite size. That is, and that's really, um, comes along with what I was just saying. You have to recognize that the person who's taking advice, who's asking for advice, needs to be able to think about it on their own, talk about it with other people, explain it to other people, and then um, use it in a difficult situation. And the only way they can do that is if you make things bite-sized for them. Not because they can't um, understand longer text, longer um, advice, but because it's just difficult to deal with things unless they're bite size. Yeah, bite size is, is a great thing to remind yourself of. You don't want to give people so much that they're going to choke on all the information you're giving. You want something that's usable. Now, you're an advocate of what is known as the bluff, B-L-U-F, approach. Can you share what it is and why you think it works so well? Yep. Bluff stands for bottom line upfront, where you summarize the issue and the answer succinctly at the top of your memo or at the top of your presentation. And the reason it works so well is that some people just care about the answer. They don't care about the reasoning so much. As well, when you do it this way, it forces you to give an actual answer and it forces you to understand what you're advising. And you make a, I, I like the point you make there about the fact that there are some people just want the bottom line. So as long as you can get it to them right away, you're much more likely to hold their attention or at least communicate what you need to. Um, what else can improve advice, particularly advice given in writing? Number one, if you're talking about a rule, quote the rule. Quote the rule in full because you can be surprised when you do that what's in there. It's one thing to talk about a rule. It's another to actually quote it and follow it. A few other things. Have an outline. Use headers and subheaders, short sentences and paragraphs. Be boring. Use the same words over and over again to describe the same thing. If you're talking about a car, then talk about a car each time. Don't talk about a Honda, the red Honda, the 1976 Civic. Just call it a car each time. Focus on risk appetite or risk tolerance. And then always ask yourself, does the action that I am advising on align with our underlying business strategy? And the, again, great point, because ultimately this is about not only just staying compliant, but moving the business forward. Now, we often hear the advice document, document, document. When giving advice in writing, is that all the documentation you need or is there other documentation that's prudent to have? I think 
we want to document all the consultations we have, whether they're with employees, managers, supervisor, the board, executives, before you give the advice. You want to document the decisions that are made after the advice and the reasoning. We want to document our research. And we also want to think after we've done the documentation, whether we can turn the advice into a template that either we can use again or that our coworkers can use again. Which obviously helps with not only solving the problem now, but giving it, uh, making it easier to solve it again, because most problems do happen often. Now, it's important that the process be a positive one for the employer manager, at least if it, if it possibly can be. How do you encourage not making this a one-time thing, but part of an ongoing discussion? So, you know, basically sort of inviting yourself back to the table for the next time. It's a great question. And it's something that we should all be thinking about that every time they ask for advice, uh, that's not the last transaction we're going to have with them. So first, uh, express no judgment about the person or the situation. You can say, um, this is a difficult situation. This is um, really hard to deal with. This can be tricky, but expressing judgment can close people down. I often express sympathy for the person finding that um, in that situation, uh, even if it's a situation of their own making. I also often express empathy, letting people know when I've faced the same sort of situation or the same sort of pressures. And that makes people or helps people, I think, loosen up. Other things that I try to do are to offer to help with communications to others or to be a go-between between the person who's seeking advice and others who might have to live with the advice or, or give final approval. I also want to always think about being a business advisor rather than a cop. The job of the compliance person is not to shut down things often, um, uh, unless they really have to, but because something is illegal or because it's just cannot be done under the rules that you live by. But most of the time, what you're really being asked to be is a business advisor and in the area of compliance and ethics and the law. And then finally, I think that we should always be seeing whether there are tools that we can provide for similar situations in the future. Um, going back to my advice before, is there a way to turn this into a set of FAQs or documents or templates so that this is something that the whole organization can benefit from the next time this, the question comes up? Well, Scott, thank you so much for this advice about advice. I think it's going to be very useful for people. Uh, I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Turtletow from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.